wow, what a great last game for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a 5-3 to three win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. They sweep the season series against Columbus. And that means a date with the New York Rangers next week in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as a team that I think we've been knowing that the Penguins were going to face in the playoffs for the last two, two, three months. It came down to the wire. Obviously, there was a chance that it could have been Penguins-Panthers, but it will be Penguins-Rangers. I have a full game recap episode coming up right after this drop. Going to get into Marcus Pedersen's um, amazing game of getting Malkin playing much better, Sidney Crosby, Casey DeSmith, all of that, plus a little look ahead to the series against the Rangers coming up on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Score Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, again, they defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets. Excuse me. They sweep the season series against Columbus. And they have now um, won 11 straight at home against the Blue Jackets dating back to December of 2015. And they are also, they've won um, 14 of their last 16 overall games against Columbus. I mean, this is a a very one-sided rivalry, if you can even call that. But you know, the Penguins tonight, I, I'm mostly fine with this performance. They came out with a house on fire. They were really pissed off, to say the least. Coming off those two losses to Edmonton and Philadelphia, where um, they were um, flat out embarrassed, to say the least. They were outscored nine to two in those games. These, uh, these first six, six to ten minutes tonight, they chased JF Berube. They got some depth scoring from players that had not scored in a long time, and they they were able to play some mostly clean defense the rest of the way to secure this victory. This game was really never in doubt. I mean, you know, going even, even go, especially going into the third period when it was five to one. And even when Columbus made it five to three a little late in the third period, I'm like, there's, there's just no way the Penguins are going to blow a four goal lead in the third period. I know the team has not, obviously not been playing well as of late, but I'm like, all right, really here. <laughs> I don't think that was going to happen uh, to say the least, but you know, it all starts with Evgeny Malkin getting his 20th goal of the year. Shout out to Gino tonight. Um, you know, that's an, his 13th 20-plus goal season as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he only played in half a season. Guys, you know, for how far ahead, you know, players like Danton Heinen and Evan Rodriguez were at the halfway point of the season, he outscored all of them and all these other depth players and still hit 20 goals. And, you know, he, again, he didn't even play two-thirds of the season. So um, for those people, people saying that Gino stinks or he's not good at 5v5 or something, just just stop. Um, he may not be what he once was at 5v5, but he can still carry his own at even strength. And he's going to be, I think, a problem for the Rangers in this first round series. You know, he was really galloping, I think, tonight. Um, probably one of his better games of the season, I think, in my opinion. Heck, he put the dangles on him almost the entire Blue Jackets team in the second period. It was on the power play. Penguins weren't really playing on the on the PP, but you know, Brian Russ threads this beautiful pass to Gino, who's coming in streaking. And Merzlikin just makes one hell of a save on Malkin and just, you know, flat flashes the lever going over the top. I mean, that had top cheese written all over it. Um, but he was able, uh, Merzlikin was able to make that save. Um, that would have been 21 uh, for Gino there. So he finishes his season, 20 goals, um, over 40 points, over an 82-game season. That's a 40-goal pace, 80-plus point pace. 
still pretty good uh, if you're asking me. So um, great game from him. I want to see more of that from Malkin in the playoffs, to say the least. Also, Marcus Pedersen. He gets on the score sheet for the first time since October. Um, I know the Penguins defensemen have not been good at scoring this year outside of Chris Tang and Mike Matheson. They are by far and away the best offensive defensemen on the scene. Chris Tang is obviously a bit further ahead than Mike Matheson, even though he's pretty good too. But outside of that, the Penguins have not gotten a lot of offense from their blue line. It's definitely been a problem. I think a lot of the times, I mean, Marino, you know, he has he hasn't scored also since October. I don't even remember the last time Brian Dumoulin scored a goal. Chad Ruedel, he has four goals. He's maybe heated up a little bit, but you know he still only has four goals. But again, outside of Matheson and Latang, there's really been not much there for the Penguins defenseman in terms of scoring. So I will gladly take offense from another defenseman other than those two um, any day of the week. I'm, I'm glad it came from Pedersen. That was a nice shot um, to, to extend the Penguins lead. And then Evan Rodriguez. Yes, in this economy, Evan Rodriguez gets onto the score sheet. He gets his 19th goal of the year. And honestly, this was the most I think I've noticed Rodriguez in six to eight weeks. Um, this was a really stellar performance, I thought. He was all over the ice um, shooting the puck at will. This was the first half level Erod that I think you all saw tonight. Um, I, I really, you know, he honestly could have had a hat trick with some of the chances that he had. One of them, I think, at the uh, crossbar. A couple other ones were, had some, were some nice aids from Berube and then Merzlikens. Um, you know, if, if he can play at this level in the playoffs, and I understand that is a big if right now for the Penguins because he has disappeared, you know, a lot down the stretch here. Um, you know, he's probably better than any of the Rangers' bottom six forwards. Um, at least when he's playing at first half level Erod. Second half level Erod, you know, there, there are forwards down there who are better than him. But, you know, the way he was playing tonight, um, really enjoyed that. And hopefully that's a confidence boost. You know, again, talk about someone who badly needed a goal to go his way. Um, you know, he just, he's been, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, just not been scoring. The bounces have not been also going his way for anything, even playmaking, goal scoring defensively. Um, the fact that he got one tonight, who knows if the floodgates do open, but if they do, you know, circle this game for, you know, if he starts playing well in the playoffs, I really liked his game. Uh, that's for sure. Um, Casey DeSmith. I also thought he played well. I'm not really going to, well, I will say this, excuse me. The first goal, I'll pin on him a little bit. You know, he, he paid a nice little homage to Marc-Andre Fleury. On that goal, came out of the net for no reason. The defenseman uh, was back. I believe it was Brian Dumoulin. Um, he's back there, and he turns the puck over. He, he's able to get back in his net, set himself up, but you know he still lets the puck squeak, squeak past him, and, and then Columbus is able to score to make it three to one at the time. And the second period, you know, in other situations, he needs to just let uh, the defenseman. Obviously, that's Dumoulin at the time. He needs to let Dumoulin just play that puck. Um, I, I don't want to see that in the playoffs. I, I don't. I don't need to get scared about the ghost of Mark Andre Fleury coming into the net. And, you know, from game four, 2014 against the Islanders, where he turns the puck over and then Brandon Dubinsky scores, you know, wide open net with like 30 seconds left. The Penguins would have had a 3-1 lead in that series. I know they ended up winning the series overall, but, you know, I still want a goalie that can, you know, usually play the puck. You know, also I'll say this, I don't want the ghost of Tristan Jari coming back after what we saw last year against the New York Islanders. That was just, you know, obviously brutal. And I don't want to bring that up if if I can help it. Um, You know, the other two goals, not really going to blame him too much. He made a couple of really big saves, especially when it was five to three. You know, Columbus had a couple of big chances 
after that, Jacob Voracek, I think, had one of them. Um, he now has 25 goals against the Penguins since entering the league in 2009. Um, he's, you know, of players that have played the Penguins since that time, he's second with the most amount of goals against Pittsburgh. Alex Ovechkin is the only one above of Warcheck with 31 goals. Um, that stat comes courtesy of Bob Grove. I saw that on um, Twitter, so I figured I would share that here um, <clears throat> with you all. You know, all in all, though, you know, you look at the underlying numbers at 5v5, 54% of the shot attempts for the Penguins at even strength, 54% of the scoring chances, 63% of the high danger chances. 57% of the expected goals for the outscore the Jackets 5 1 at 5 5. That's most important. I know they had a couple of power play goals. I mean, they're basically garbage time goals. Um, the penalty kill probably needs to do a little bit better um, <clears throat> right there. There's, there's been some failed clearing attempts that I did not like. I'm going to touch on that a little later on um, in the show. But, you know, when you're outscoring a team at 5 1 in even strength, uh, you are doing something right, to say the least. So, you know, touch on some of the goal scores. I'll get to a couple of the other ones um, a little later on in the episode, but you know, again, overall strong performance from the Penguins. It was a game that they needed to win. Um, well, I shouldn't say needed to win, but it's a game that they needed to have, you know, play much better. Um, and I said this five game stretch was going to be big for me. They won three out of the five games. The other two games were pretty ugly, but at least, you know, in over half of them, Penguins played much better hockey. They're going to get a few nights off now, rest their legs, going to come back. It looks like from what I've been told and what a couple other people from Penguins Twitter have been told, um, it looks like it's going to be Tuesday for game one again at Madison Square Garden for Penguins Rangers, but it has not been officially announced yet. Um, Dave Monar, I believe, was the first reporter, you know, uh, poked around a little bit as well. Um, it looks like it is going to be Tuesday um, for you all. Um, so just figured I would leave you all with that update coming up here in the next segment. Now, before we get uh, to the next segment, we're going to touch on the penalty kill and a couple other things. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Enter Built Bars. They're the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are filled with your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. Um, all Bill Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Bill Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating it. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. We're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into some talk about the penalty kill tonight. Um, things I liked, the first three penalty kills at least, they were getting their clears right. But then the last two, um, you know, too many instances for me that the Penguins, you know, two to three to four attempts, they're not getting out of the zone. You have to get those pucks out, especially when you're going to play the New York Rangers in the first round who have – Arguably, well, yeah, arguably the league's best power play. You know, Chris Kreider has been a menace on that unit. Obviously, Timmy Panera can do what he does. Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, so many great players on that unit. You know, how they play those last couple of power plays, that's not going to be good enough. Winning faceoffs. I don't think the Penguins did well enough to win those faceoffs in those situations. I know some people think, you know, those kind of, I guess that stat is overrated in terms of faceoff winning percentage, but, you know, when you have Teddy Bluger out there and other players such as Jeff Carter, maybe you have Sidney Crosby killing penalties at times. You got to win those faceoffs and get the puck back and you know, just got to clear it out. And again, too many times tonight, 
two to three to four attempts. As I just said, the Penguins were not getting the puck out, and that led to uh, two of the uh, uh, Jackets' three goals tonight. Um, Bjork Trent had one of them, nice shot, top cheese. Voracek had the other one. It looked like it was deflected off, of, I think, a Penguin stick. Not just a bad bounce, I think, for Casey DeSmith. Um, again, so the Penguins have to be better there. They had one of the best penalty kills in the league this year. That definitely, I think, fueled a lot of their success. I mean, it was a really bad unit last year. Shout out to Mike Bellucci for getting that turned around. But, you know, I still want to see some work, uh, more work to be done going into the playoffs, get those clearing temps fixed start winning some more face-offs, getting in uh, more lanes to block some shots. Um, and I think, you know, if they're if the Penguins are able to win that special teams battle against the Rangers' power play, and, you know, Pittsburgh's power play also heats up maybe a little bit, even though that unit's been bad, that can be a big turning point that could allow the Penguins to win that series. So I wanted to talk about that to start the second segment of the show. You know, just a couple of things I just did not really like <clears throat> um, in terms of there. Um, other stuff that I noticed tonight um, – Sidney Crosby, he had another great game, um, par for the course, I think, at this point. You know, he didn't really – obviously, he didn't score, but he's still playing well defensively, um, playmaking. It's it's always been there. And it's another uh, 15, 16 trade season that he's had a point per game. Uh, he continues to just be a ridiculous player. If he doesn't, if he's not on your top five ballot uh, for the Hart Trophy, for anyone that's on the PHWA listening to this, uh, I think you're doing it wrong, uh, to say the least. Another – Spectacular season for the Penguins captain. Uh, he was a one-man wrecking crew um, again tonight and just again uh, for this entire season, uh, to say the least. Um, other goal scorers, Brian Boyle, he got his 11th goal of the year. And, you know, I think right now, if even if Jason Zucker is good to go, and, you know, we'll see. I don't know if the team's off tomorrow yet. They're going to obviously have Sunday to practice, Monday to practice if the game is on Tuesday. Um, you know, we'll see if Zucker is ready to go for those practices. But, if he is still, I would play Brian Boyle in the playoffs. And I'll tell you why. You know, he's been a much better player lately than someone like Kasperi Kappen, who had another dreadful game tonight. Um, Boyle had a nice deflection on that goal to make it 5-1. to one. Um, You know, his 200-foot game has never been better, uh, at least right now. I know some are definitely concerned about his foot speed. And, you know, I, I still am, uh, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I, I also was thinking for a while that this team is still better when Kapanen is in the lineup just because he's more of a threat offensively. You know, it, it hasn't been that way lately. Um, that's for sure. And tonight, um, <clears throat> you know, Kapanen just had a, another terrible game. Um, you know, it was five to two late in the third period. The game's basically over. And, you know, they probably should have been a call on the Jackets player that I think it was a trip or hooked him. And then Kapanen comes back five seconds later, hooks that same Jackets player, they score on that power play. And it's like, you can't be making those mistakes in the playoffs. Sorry. I mean, you can't. Um, and he has just been a liability this entire season. Um, honestly, they should try to maybe recall Drew O'Connor or Redeem Zahorna. I think they are probably better options than him at this point. He has been killing them all year long. I know he's not going to be back um, You know, after this season. And I hate piling on people because, you know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's trying his ass off out there, but he's just not having it. He's just, he, he's just not it right now. And the Penguins, they need to recognize that. And he needs to be a healthy scratch to start this series. Um, you know, I, again, I, I trust Brian Boyle a lot more right now to give the Penguins more offense than Captain. And he's just, you know, in all three zones, um, just what a fall from grace he's been. Um, you know, just from last season going into this year, you know, we had 40 points last year, uh, 10 of those girls. I know he was writing a, a decently high shooting percentage 
but you know, just, I don't know, man. I, I didn't see this coming. I thought he was going to have a big year, especially coming off that last season. But um, again, you know, it, it's been anything but that lately for happening. Um, he, he needs to be out uh, starting game one. That's for sure. Um, and then, you know, just, uh, uh, and then overall defensively, I thought tonight on um, the Penguins, they, they did limit Columbus to 10 high danger chances, a uh, five in the third period. Definitely um, not what I want to see there. They only limited them to one in the first period. That's when the Penguins came out with a house on fire four in the second period. And then five in the third, um, you know, against a team like the Rangers, the Penguins, again, they're going to have to cut down on that moving forward. Um, I, I will hundred percent stand by that and, and die on that hill. Um, I think that wraps up the second segment of the show. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to do a quick little look ahead to next week. And, you know, just my th- my quick thoughts on uh, a Penguins Rangers series. Before we get to that, though, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action that is been online where the game starts. So now it looks like I am it's it's funny. I'm looking at um Twitter to see who the Steelers took, and they took a defensive tackle um, from Texas AM. So I'm going to be curious to see um how that goes. Um, anyway, so quick thoughts on Penguins Rangers here. This is gonna be a dogfight. Um, I've been saying that all year, obviously. Um Right now, how I'm feeling probably would take the Rangers in a series just because the Penguins have not been playing well these last three to three weeks. But let me stress this for you all. If the Penguins can come out and play at the level that they played from November to March, going into April, when that was obviously when it was bad, the Penguins can take the Rangers. I would 100% believe and stand by that. Now, if the Penguins come out and they play the way they've been playing the last three or three weeks, and they get burned on the rush and in transition and all that, they will lose in either a sweep or in five games. It, it will be a very short series, especially going up against a goaltender who is in their heads. That said, I would love to see the Penguins win that series because I want to be insufferable on social media and all that. Um, I want the Penguins, honestly, and this is my full-on take here, hang that gif or that video of Shesterkin, for those who are on YouTube, doing this. Doing that hand motion to the Penguins, Mark Freeman, whoever it was. I want the Penguins to hang that in their locker room and look at it every day after practice going into the games because that's what he thinks of them going into this series. They run in their mouths. He's he's inside their head. He thinks they're in, well, he thinks obviously that you know Shisterkin's in the Penguins' head and all that stuff. That's bulletin board material. And I would love that. That is the main reason I want to see the Penguins win this series because I want to see what social media does if they do. Um, and, you know, again, I, I will be 100% insu- uns- insufferable um, if the Penguins do win that just because of that gift, um, to say the least. But, you know, it, it's going to be electric. Obviously, again, the special teams going to play a huge part in this series, slowing down the Rangers' power play. Can the Penguins' power play come out if it's really bad funk? It's like a two for 30 funk right now. 5v5, can the Penguins stop these self-inflicted wounds against the Rangers? You know, in those four games this year, the Penguins got burned in transition on the rush and had a lot of these, you know, these unenforced errors 
that no, that, that didn't happen in the first matchup, but the Rangers adjusted and they won the, final, the last three games because the Penguins, you know, they, they couldn't adjust to what the Rangers were doing. Now Mike Sullivan will have a full season's worth of tape to go over to adjust to what the Rangers did in those three games. I'm really curious to see what Mike Sullivan decides to do tactics-wise um, against Gerard Gallant's team. You know, honestly, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to for the Penguins to play, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess low event hockey, if that's, you know, the word to use. And I know that's not good for, I guess, a fan's perspective or even casual fan's perspective, but that might be the Penguins' best way to winning this series. You're not going to win a lot of five to four games against the Rangers. They're going to be two to one. They're going to be three to two, maybe even one nothing for what we saw in the first game. But the Penguins, they've had experience winning those games, you know, for a lot of this season. I know in the month of April, they didn't have experience winning those games. But, you know, we'll see. You know, can the Penguins take what is there? You know, and, and they're not trying to be like the Harlem Globetrotters and just, you know, they're getting traffic in front of Shostak. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest key in this series. Fire the puck on net. Don't look for the perfect play to beat this guy. They were doing that a lot in those four matchups this year. And if the Penguins can, again, just get the traffic in front and they cannot see the puck and just fire anything and everything to the net, they're going to get bounces and they're going to put pucks in the back of the net unless the guy just plays like God. And I know he's had an amazing season. He's going to win the Vesna Trophy. But, you know, players like this, I know they can be beaten. We, we've seen it happen every year in playoffs. You know, we're hot goalies. You know, even though they play well, they still get beaten. So, We'll have to see with that. It's going to be an amazing series, I think. Um, who knows what happens? I'm going to enjoy this no matter what. It could be the last series that we have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Crystal Tang all in a Penguins uniform. I, I totally get that. Um, and, you know, even if they lose, and, you know, I, I predict that I think to happen at this point, um, you know, I'm just going to be grateful for 16 amazing uh, seasons uh, in a row for playoff hockey with Crystal Tang. Avini Malkin and Cindy Crosby. Just what a run it's been. I hope all of you enjoy it. It's the best time of the year. The regular season is over. And again, I also just want to say this. Thank you to, you know, you guys, you list, you the listeners, for tuning in to another season of this show. You know, regular season-wise, it's been three full seasons. Um, without you all, um, there is no Locked on Penguins. Um, I, will, I will stand by that, obviously. Just a amazing season with just the growth of this podcast has been through the roof, the listenership, you know, I go on chartable and I see where it's at, you know, the subscribers on YouTube, um, the reviews I get, you know, with all of you people um, talking to me, in my DMS or, <clears throat> you know, just with cat friendly stuff or, you know, comments on YouTube and all that. I very much appreciate it all, but you know, let's see if the penguins got one more run in them. Uh, a lot of content coming your way. We're going to have a bonus episode on Saturday with Taylor Haas of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And then Monday, we're going to have a crossover special to preview the Penguins Rangers series. And, you know, throughout the series, we're going to have some special guests coming on. I believe Rachel Knowns is going to come on from the Hockey Writers. We're going to have Nick Zararis, some reoccurring Rangers guests. So really excited to have them come back on and analyze the series. And, um, you know, as the Penguins said on uh, social media, they're ready to take a bite out of the Big Apple Oh, that's a throwback from um, uh, Colby Armstrong. Uh, you know, uh, no, no, I think that was, um, yeah, yeah, that was that was the interview I think that Sid had on um, uh, the podcast. That I'm not really a fan of Spit and Chicklets. Uh, wait, but that was the text message he got. You know, way to take a, a bite out of the Big Apple. Um, that was what Mario Lemieux uh, sent to Sid. 
all these years ago, and Colby Armstrong was just freaking out about it. So that is a fun fact for you all there. But again, thank you all so much for listening. It's going to be a dandy. Um, great win tonight by the Penguins, and we'll see what happens. It's playoff time, guys. Um, thank you all so much. We'll be back on Saturday with a bonus episode with Taylor.